0: to the nxt podcast your home for weekly nxt reviews and insights. the beautiful part of nxt is that when one dream ends another dream begins find all of your nxt news recaps and analysis right here so with that being said we only have one question for you oh! Let's get the show started right now. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the NXT podcast. I want to thank you for joining me here on this wonderful Wednesday. I thought of that all by myself. Before we get started, You can follow me on Twitter, I'm at ZachNXT, that's at Z-A-C-H-N-X-T, talking wrestling and other fun stuff over there, it's kind of a collection of things that I think are funny or interesting, you might feel the same way. Now, before we get started, you know, we usually talk about the news and the notes, stuff that's going on in in WWE, and boy, I, I picked a heck of a, I picked a heck of a day to be recording, uh, uh for for a couple of reasons. Um, we're at the tail end of one story, and we're at it's seemingly the very beginning of another one. The first thing I thought I was going to have to talk about was Roman Reigns. Uh, I guess after Raw went off the air, <clears throat> telling the crowd that he wasn't sure how many more times he was going to see them, so he wanted to thank them. It was a very that was the guy that wasn't Roman. That was that was Joe. Um, and the way it was worded. And, like, that's one of those things that, like, it's a special thing for the fans. And, like, it gets recorded and then misconstrued. So the first wave of uh, stuff, it's just interesting to look back and see how these stories evolved. The first wave was, oh, my God, Roman is going to Hollywood. I don't know where these benchmarks come from but that at some point somebody floated the idea we all kind of just went with oh my goodness roman is gonna take the john cena or uh rock or you know the path that hogan tried to take and stone cold kind of sort of took a little bit and just go right into movies dude and so everybody was kind of freaking out a little bit because wwe is is very good at having one absolute tip top guy roman reigns i really am trying to remember the last time he hasn't like a main event at a wrestlemania so like they have a bunch of superstars that <clears throat> could still put on a really good show if roman were to step back but the way that WWE does things is it like usually has one guy, and, and they wouldn't have that guy, presumably. So everybody was kind of freaking out about that. And then it came out that, no, 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 it's like he's he's negotiating. I forget if it's a new contract, but he's basically negotiating for less dates. Seems like it was less house show dates, and it seems a little bit, I don't think it's, exactly the deal Brock Lesnar got where he's kind of just you know around every once in a while but dates were like cut back like pretty significantly so like Roman got like the superstar you know contract which by the way good for him that's the my biggest takeaway from this whole thing is absolutely good for Roman Reigns he more than deserves it if he wants to cut back on house shows and like Maybe not be on every TV. I'm not super mad at him. And then we all settled on that. And pretty quickly after that, we had the realization of like, hey, if you were in contract negotiations with this dude, and like <clears throat> you have him in a place where like you you decide you want to unify the titles because you want to do Brock and Roman again. So you now you want to unify the Universal and WWE titles. Well... We're gonna have Roman win that obviously but like you put both titles on a guy who's now the only top champion and just kinda immediately gave that guy a bunch of time off uh, it seems like um which again by the way, nothing but good for Roman reigns like there is nothing wrong with putting that in your contract whatsoever but... It seems weird to make your top guy like miss show. that's kind of what we were, had with Brock Lesnar before that was kind of Roman's whole point before. So, like presumably then you would have to like have Ricochet as the Intercontinental Champion and Theory as the United States Champion featured more like Seth was when he was the Intercontinental Champion. I guess you could do that. But that's kind of the life, sign, life cycle, rather, nailed it, of this story. Right? We freaked out. We thought Roman was retiring. And uh, then it turns out he wasn't, and that was just kind of a, you know... I'm not going to say it was poorly worded, because he was, like, speaking from the heart. It's not poorly worded. It was just, like, easily misconstruable um, into a different kind of speech... Um, And then, you know, we all kind of compared it to Brock Lesnar and, like, again, Roman, get your money and absolutely save your body and save some of those bumps and probably be with your family more, I would assume. But, like, it's a weird decision to put the titles on that guy when you know that guy is presumably not going to be around nearly as much and you have done your absolute best to ignore that you have an intercontinental champion. And if Theory weren't the United States champion, you would probably ignore that. I would imagine. I would imagine that would. I, he just happens to be the United States champion. Like, Ricochet is more than talented enough in the ring to do what Seth Rollins did and just go bananas on Raw every week for the intercontinental title, and that could main event the show. Like you could absolutely do that with Ricochet. He, every time he has wrestled, he has showed you that he could do that. Um, but I don't. I just don't see them. I don't see. I don't think they see Ricochet the same way they saw Seth Rollins. Like we'll let you basically be the main event guy with the Intercontinental Title. Intercontinental Title. It didn't feel right the first time I said it. So I mean, we'll have to see. I guess maybe. Roman becomes something more of a special attraction. Maybe maybe like we have more time on TV building up a contender to face Roman before he, you know, uh fights them as opposed to being on TV every single week and being on every single show. You know, maybe that could be good for the character. I mean, y'all should probably figure out who's going to beat him at some point. Um he's doing a really good job, but somebody should probably you should probably start thinking about who you want to beat him. Like, do you want to do Drew McIntyre? Cause that seems like the option you have. Um, you gonna do Cody Rhodes? You want? You gonna do it? You're doing a good job with him so far. He looks like a star. But are you gonna do it? So it'll just it'll just be interesting to see. And so that was a fun story. Less of a fun story is that uh, on Monday Night Raw. Um, here just a couple of days ago the advertised match originally was a uh, six pack challenge to determine the number one contender for Bianca Belair's Raw Women's Championship and originally I believe that would have been Becky Lynch Asuka, Naomi Sasha, Dewdrop, and Nikki A.S.H. I think I have that nailed so Here's the opposite, right? We are very early in uh, in this story. What we know so far is that Naomi and Sasha, it seems like, both became upset about something with the creative plans for that evening. Um, And it seems as though, based on reports, they met with Vince and Vince heard them out but wanted to still go with their idea and so a little bit later comes out that like maybe uh the plan was i think naomi was going to win so by virtue of being women's tag team champion she can compete on raw i guess we're just gonna have to let that go and she was going to challenge bianca belair and I want to say part of it is that she was going to pin Sasha Banks. Now, there was there was some there was some terminology like respect being thrown around, like like the tag team champions weren't being given any respect. Um, based on that, Finnick, because I mean, and it seems like maybe the plan was for Naomi to go off with Bianca Belair and lose. I would assume at Hell in a Cell. And then for uh, Sasha to go off with Ronda Rousey and presumably lose. So from their perspective, you're having us go off in a singles and just be shine-ups for your champions instead of focusing on this tag team. While at the same time, you sold us the idea of this tag team... And then we won these titles, you keep calling us trailblazing on TV, you're like really big on mention, it. you're weirdly big on mentioning that. And now like, you want to have this random six-pack challenge, and you want one of us to be pinned by the other, and then we both go off, at least Naomi for sure, but presumably also Sasha would go off into separate feuds, which means... Naomi just would have pinned Sasha and then like pretty quickly after that Naomi would have to focus on Bianca because it's almost time for a cell. So like you would have you would have just like done this as like a throwaway thing and I think based on what I have seen so far, which admittedly is just kind of one side, seems like there was like a lack of respect for them as a, a team and their future plans and rather than go through with that match, um, Sasha Banks and Naomi walked out. There seems to be some confusion over whether Sasha walked out and Naomi followed her. Everything I heard suggests that Naomi and Sasha left. So I I don't know I, I assume that would mean that they feel similarly or the same, and they left. And so the weird part of this, other than everything I just said to you, is that WWE who do this sometimes by the way if you're like a new fan that's no shade to you but like go watch like go watch like some WWE programming like right after Stone Cold walks out like Stone Cold didn't want to lose to Brock Lesnar in a nothing was it a King of the Ring qualifying match on like Raw or SmackDown and he walked out watch watch some of the WWE programming Wow, WWE programming, there it is, nailed it, around that time. They, they do a very similar thing. So, first, Becky tells us that she saw Sasha and Naomi leaving, called it un, unprofessional. They they quickly scramble on television and presumably backstage to figure out what they're going to do. Asuka and uh, Becky Lynch have worked together, um, and have apparently been working matches on uh, house shows. So they decided the best, rather than have it be Becky, Asuka, Dewdrop, Nikki, Ash, rather than do that, just go with like two sure fire, the biggest stars left in the match kind of deal. So they just kind of, they just did it that way. Right. So Corey Graves gets in a line about like them being unprofessional and, and leaving, which like for anybody mad at Corey Graves, like you know that's not Corey Graves. Like there's somebody on the other end of that, like screaming and like he's not going to stop until you say what he wants you to say. Like I don't, th- I, I bet you that wasn't Corey who came up with that. Um, and then they just kind of moved on, and then WWE issued a statement on the matter, which is very funny. To, to read based on WWE's history and um, and just, you know, just recent stuff. So, quote, when Sasha Banks and Naomi arrived at the arena this afternoon, they were informed of their participation in the main event of tonight's Monday Night Raw. During the broadcast, they walked into WWE Head of Talent Relations John Laurinaitis's office with their suitcases in hand, plays their tag team championship belt, it's not a belt, on his desk and walked out. They claimed they weren't respected enough as tag team champions, and even though they had eight hours to rehearse and construct their match, they claimed they were uncomfortable in the ring with two of their opponents, even though they'd had matches with those individuals in the past with no consequence. Monday Night Raw is a scripted live TV show whose characters are expected to perform the requirements of their contract. We regret we were unable to deliver, as advertised, tonight's main event. All right. So like is walking off the best way to solve something. I mean, generally probably not. Now, that's enough of that. This is awesome and WWE can kick rock. So like first off, it's weird it's weird because this statement is framed as they had 8 hours first off to rehearse and construct their match. Jesus. Like I knew I knew we weren't keeping kayfabe and secrets anymore but we're just boy it's out there it's really it's interesting looking at it and just seeing it right out there but it, th- this statement frames it as their problem was they were in a match and they were uncomfortable with two of the opponents and everybody took that to mean do and nikki ash because it's probably not becky and oscar right so like everybody took that to mean so you're saying like they were uncomfortable with two of the participants to such a degree that and and were not respected that they they walked off I don't it just feels like it it really has nothing to do with being uncomfortable with their opponents in the ring I, I bet you that's not true um, I bet maybe they said something like, and all of a sudden you're just adding people to the match who we haven't worked with in a while, and but and they kind of blew that up. Um, and whose characters are expected to perform the requirements of their contract. like. But I also get their thing. Like, hey, you're just kind of blowing up our whole tag team thing that we just put in like a bunch of work for, and you don't really have a lot for us on the other end. So, like, no, dude. And also, like, perform my contract, but, like, I'm an independent contractor. So, like, you know, let's maybe not act like I'm, let's let's both stop acting like I'm an employee. Like, I have a contract, but, like, you could cut me at any minute. So, let's stop, like, I'm not super big into honorifics. Like, oh, you need to. You know, sit down, solve all your problems. Nah, man, you had like a stupid idea that you wouldn't budge on that would mess up this thing I just put in a lot of work for. And rather than you do that, I'd rather walk out. And I get it. And just this statement itself is super weird, right? When Dean Ambrose, now John Moxley, left WWE, they announced it pretty well ahead of time. And people couldn't figure out what that was about. They very rarely, like, take shots at people anymore, like, just out in the open like this. This reads to me like Vince or somebody very high up being very pissed off at the disrespect. And, um, you know, their whole machine running. I would love to hear from Naomi and Sasha at some point. I don't know if they go back and work their stuff out. I don't know if they never go back. I'm not real sure uh this probably also is a little bit of like Naomi has had a roller coaster career not because of her a lot of the time because like she's either winning the women's title at WrestleMania and is the most over person or she's just like an afterthought and then Sasha is like a superstar who's never framed as a superstar like Sasha's never been my favorite but like I do recognize that she has potential to be a superstar and is never framed as one like she's never been like she's she's either like winning titles in such a way that you forget about or she's doing some of the best bad guy work you've seen but they don't usually go together so like you know what I get it I I'm 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 pro walking out on your your company if they have a really stupid idea that's going to just kill a tag team that you've been working on for a long time, and then we're just going to ignore it and go our separate ways to lose and then come back together and probably never mention it again? Like, no. Like, I'm Sasha Banks. as Naomi. Like, we're the ta- Like, have some respect. I get it. Like, I-, I get that this is all, like, entertainment and it's about moments for you, but, like, also, like, you could have, like, done anything else. Like, they... They probably could have been. I don't even think they would have had a problem with being in the match. I think it was the one champion pinning the other champion for no reason. I'm very pro I'm learning about myself walking out on your company, evidently. But listen, we got a little bit of NXT stuff to talk about. Not a lot happening. We had our best match, like, first. It was Cameron Grimes and Solo Sokoa versus Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. It was really fun. These guys are all really good, and you put four really good guys in there, and one of them that is like an actual group, one of them's two single guys thrown together. It it usually makes for a a fun environment and match. And in this case, Cameron Grimes beat um, Trick Williams, which is, you know, that's why Trick Williams would be there. Fun match. You know, good guys won, whatever. Carmelo Hayes didn't lose, I'm telling you. I they're not pushing they he they don't mention him in the same breath as braun breaker as of yet but they will like like once they are done like looking at braun just on the NXT level like they're gonna realize that like Carmelo is right there and he's gonna be like dude he's gonna be the same thing he's so good dude last legend beat Tatum Paxley in the women's breakout tournament it's weird to put Lash Legend in a breakout tournament when she had, like, TV segments. I don't know. But, you know. Um, so, listen. As you remember, Braun Breaker was left on the side of the road because Joe Gacy and his followers attacked him at um, Spring breakin'. Um, And then Joe Gacy, like, offered Braun, like, a chance to join his cause, whatever's weird causes and then like braun breaker comes out and obviously he says no because obviously you can't beat me up on the side of the road and then i join that'd be weird like it would the dynamics would be weird day one even if we became friends later it'd always be in the back of my head like you guys beat me up once so you know it's like a whole it's a whole thing um joe gacy said that the the champ's angers made him uh predictable but he was happy to give him the rematch he wanted at In your house, our next premium live event, on the condition that if Braun gets disqualified, he must uh, give up the title. So, Braun Breaker accept. Braun Breaker accepted. Nailed it. Because Braun Breaker doesn't, doesn't really care the steps he takes to fight you. He just wants to fight you. Which is fair enough. I'm good with that as a character, honestly. Honestly, you know what? kind of a meathead champion who's just like hey dude i'm gonna fight you and whatever you need to do to make yourself comfortable fighting me that's fine i'm gonna fight you i dig it i actually dig it now that i've said it out loud i dig it um so this will be a fun this will be a fun um uh, match to see Braun breaker and because uh if you get disqualified you lose the title match is always like a the bad guy keeps pushing Hank, uh, the good guy like almost over the edge, and they have to fight it. I'll be interested to see how Braun like plays that. I he's done a really good job with everything he's been given. That's going to be something very different for him, and I'm interested to see what he does with it. And Joe Gacy's weird, but I mean he's closer to the interesting character I thought he was going to be. So it's kind of weird having him be like a cult leader when Edge is also a cult leader. That takes away from it a little bit, I think probably. Um, when I, when the Creed brothers were fighting the Viking Raiders, I thought that it was going to be one of those old, um, NXT style matches where like the old team comes back and loses, but the, the team that won gets out of the ring and the team that lost, but is a old NXT, you know, team gets their moment to, you know, say thank you. And you know, all that. Happened with like Aleister Black and Ricochet when they went back to NXT. Happens to, you know, a lot of people from NXT. And I forgot that this is NXT 2.0. NXT 2.0 is different. Viking Raiders show up, beat the Creed Brothers, dude. So Creed Brothers put up a really good fight. Really fun match, actually. This might be my favorite match. I'm just, you know, I'm thinking. Um, you know. I I certainly would not. If you had made me guess, I would not have thought that the Viking Raiders were just going to come back and win. Um, I'm not. I mean, I'm not upset. I'm just. I'm not a hundred percent sure that this win does anything for the Viking Raiders versus a loss like i think a win and a loss does about the same positive to negative for them which is not much versus greed brothers getting to a win over viking raiders is what i thought we were doing but i guess that's not what we're really doing anymore so that's fine i guess but i mean viking raiders were here that was fun i mean it's not nxt anymore but it's kind of fun seeing them like just be able to wrestle for a minute that's always fun i'll always welcome that Grayson Waller beat Andre Chase. Listen, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. Andre Chase is, you know, he's really good at the comedy that they have him do. And, you know, Grayson Waller is a top bad guy that they're not having be a top bad guy yet. But once he is, it'll be something. This is sad. Wesley and Nathan Frazier ended in a no contest. He was supposed to fight Zion Quinn, but he was, like, ruled ineligible to compete. So Nathan Fraser, who looks exactly like what you think Nathan Fraser looks like, stepped in. And so... It was... It was good for, like, you know, a minute. But then, you know, here comes Von Wagner. um, And then he wrecks everybody. So, like you know i i i don't know if it's sad because of what they're having wesley doing or if it's just sad because this dude this dude was ju- had just won back the NXT tag titles with his partner that he's been like tag team partners with for a while msk is not like a new creation msk came to NXT as a team and now this dude has these allegations that some people have a lot of questions about i would say And your head's probably already spinning and then boom, you wake up one day and you're, I don't know if they're best friends, one of your friends, your best friends, your tag team partners is just gone. You spent all this time building yourself up as a tag team wrestler. Now, like of the two, Wesley is the guy that I thought would be a single star of the two, but like it's hard to do it when you rip a bandaid off like that. And so everything he's do, like, him being in a fun match for a second and then just goes to a no contest because of Von Wagner, it just feels like it sucks because, like, he's clearly so talented. And I hope that, like, I certainly think the fans are, but I hope that, like, the WWE side knows that, like, this is probably not a time or a character on which to judge Wesley if you're looking for, like, future stars. Because, like, I think Wesley has some potential to be a pretty big star for you. And I think maybe this, like, particular moment in time isn't the best time to get notes on him, you know? I just think a lot has happened very quickly, and maybe he's trying to figure some stuff out. And, um, he absolutely, again, he absolutely has the talent to do it, and I really hope he does it. And it's just really sucked for him, and like it's been nothing good. So I hope that he can find his way. If he can, this will be a this will be like a story that you tell in documentaries later, like him coming back to being a from him coming back from losing his tag team partner to you know success. So hopefully, Santos Escobar and Tony D'Angelo, they left all the you know people behind to like a mob boss fight, I guess. Um, but like, obviously they had a, they had a fun match. These guys are both really good. Um, but then like, even though like Legato and, and nobody else was supposed to be out, uh, the Legato came out and then, you know, like a brawl happened. And then while the ref was a little bit distracted, Santos Escobar got a pair of, um, uh, brass knuckles. He knocked out Tony D'Angelo, got the one, two, three. um, I would, I, I'm going to be honest, I would have thought Tony D'Angelo. They seemed super big into Tony D'Angelo going into this match and, like, in all almost all of his feuds. This man basically retired Pete Dunne out of NXT. His name's Butch now. He's on SmackDown. He's doing dumb stuff. So it's interesting that Santos wins. Um, I'm happy to see him when he doesn't win a lot of, like, Main event style match. He, he comes across as a fantastic wrestler, but he doesn't usually win. Feels like Santos Escobar might be going to the main roster soon. Which, you know, if it's your last match, usually they have you lose. But if he's going to be around for a little bit, it does feel like Santos Escobar has done a lot of what he's going to do. I would say he could win the NXT title and maybe, but he just... He was just gonna go with Bron Breaker, like that was just a thing that just happened. So I don't know why you would just do it again and bring it around. Maybe you could, but like, feels like it might be time for him to go to the main roster. And I'm gonna say the same thing about him that I say about everybody that goes to the main roster. He has more than enough talent and charisma and it factor to make it as a legitimate superstar not just the branding superstar, legitimate superstar in WWE. It's a matter of whether WWE takes advantage of that, and I don't usually have faith in them to do that. But let me know what you think. At Zach NXT at Z-A-C-H-N-X-T, is there anybody on this roster that you are confident you could send to the main roster tomorrow, and they'd be 100% fine based on how WWE uses them on the main roster? I want to hear what you think. At Z-A-C-H-N-X-T, In the meantime, that is it for NXT, so that is it for me. I I have been Zachary Smith. You have been fantastic as always, and thank you for listening.